part two chapter six of a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. a popular history of astronomy during the nineteenth century by agnes mary clark chapter six the sun's distance the question of the sun's distance arises naturally from the consideration of his temperature since the intensity of the radiations emitted as compared with those received and measured depends upon it but the knowledge of that distance has a value quite apart from its connection with solar physics the semi-diameter of the earth's orbit is our standard measure for the universe it is the great fundamental datum of astronomy the unit of space any error in the estimation of which is multiplied and repeated in a thousand different ways both in the planetary and sidereal systems hence its determination was called by airy the noblest problem in astronomy it is also one of the most difficult the quantities dealt with are so minute that their sure grasp tasks all the resources of modern science an observational inaccuracy which would set the moon nearer to or farther from us than she really is by one hundred miles would vitiate an estimate of the sun's distance to the extent of sixteen million what is needed in order to attain knowledge of the desired exactness is no less than this to measure an angle about equal to that subtended by a halfpenny two thousand feet from the eye within a little more than a thousandth part of its value the angle thus represented is what is called the horizontal parallax of the sun by this amount the breadth of a halfpenny at two thousand feet he is to a spectator on the rotating earth removed at rising and setting from his meridian place in the heavens such in other terms would be the magnitude of the terrestrial radius as viewed from the sun if we knew this magnitude with certainty and precision we should also know with certainty and precision the dimensions of the earth being as they are well ascertained the distance of the sun in fact the one quantity commonly stands for the other in works treating professedly of astronomy but this angle of parallax or apparent displacement cannot be directly measured cannot even be perceived with the finest instruments not from its smallness the parallactic shift of the nearest of the stars as seen from opposite sides of the earth's orbit is many times smaller but at the sun's limb and close to the horizon where the visual angle in question opens out to its full extent atmospheric troubles become overwhelming and altogether swamp the far more minute effects of parallax there remain indirect methods astronomers are well acquainted with the proportions which the various planetary orbits bear to each other they are so connected in the manner expressed by kepler's third law that the periods being known it only needs to find the interval between any two of them in order to infer at once the distances separating them 
all from one another and from the sun the plan is given what we want to discover is the scale upon which it is drawn so that if we can get a reliable measure of the distance of a single planet from the earth our problem is solved now some of our fellow-travellers in our unending journey round the sun come at times well within the scope of celestial trigonometry the orbit of mars lies at one point not more than thirty-five million miles outside that of the earth and when the two bodies happen to arrive together in or near the favourable spot a conjuncture which occurs every fifteen years the desired opportunity is granted mars is then in opposition or on the opposite side of us from the sun crossing the meridian consequently at midnight it was from an opposition of mars observed in sixteen seventy two by ricker at cayenne in concert with cassini in paris that the first scientific estimate of the sun's distance was derived it appeared to be nearly eighty seven millions of miles parallax nine point five minutes while flamsteed deduced eighty one million seven hundred thousand parallax ten minutes from his independent observations of the same occurrence a difference quite insignificant at that stage of the inquiry but picard's result was just half flamsteed's parallax twenty minutes distance forty one million miles and la hire considered that we must be separated from the hearth of our system by an interval of at least one hundred and thirty six million miles so that uncertainty continued to have an enormous range venus on the other hand comes closest to the earth when she passes between it and the sun at such times of inferior conjunction she is however still twenty six million miles or in round numbers one hundred nine times as distant as the moon moreover she is so immersed in the sun's rays that it is only when her path lies across his disc that the requisite facilities for measurement are afforded these partial eclipses of the sun by venus as enki termed them are coupled together in pairs of which the components are separated by eight years recurring at intervals alternately of one hundred and five and a half and one hundred and twenty one and a half years thus the first calculated transit took place in december sixteen thirty one and its companion observed by horrocks in the same month in s sixteen thirty nine then after the lapse of a hundred and twenty one and a half years came the june couple of seventeen sixty one and seventeen sixty nine and again after one hundred and five and a half the two last observed december eighth eighteen seventy four and december sixth eighteen eighty two throughout the twentieth century there will be no transit of venus but the astronomers of the twenty-first will only have to wait four years for the first of a june pair the rarity of these events is due to the fact that the orbits of the earth and venus do not lie in the same plane if they did there would be a transit each time that our twin planet overtakes us in her more rapid circling that is on an average every five hundred and eighty-four days 
as things are actually arranged she passes above or below the sun except when she happens to be very near the line of intersection of the two tracks such an occurrence as a transit of venus seems at first sight full of promise for solving the problem of the sun's distance for nothing would appear easier than to determine exactly either the duration of the passage of a small dark orb across a large brilliant disk or the instant of its entry upon or exit from it and the differences in these times which owing to the comparative nearness of venus are quite considerable as observed from remote parts of the earth can be translated into differences of space that is into apparent or parallactic displacements whereby the distance of venus becomes known and thence by a simple sum in proportion the distance of the sun but in that word exactly what snares and pitfalls lie hid it is so easy to think and to say so indefinitely hard to realize the astronomers of the eighteenth century were full of hope and zeal they confidently expected to attain through the double opportunity offered them to something like a permanent settlement of the statistics of our system they were grievously disappointed the uncertainty as to the sun's distance which they had counted upon reducing to a few hundred thousand miles remained at many millions in eighteen twenty two however enki then director of the seaberg observatory near gotha undertook to bring order out of the confusion of discordant and discordantly interpreted observations his combined result for both transits seventeen sixty one and seventeen sixty nine was published in eighteen twenty four and met universal acquiescence the parallax of the sun thereby established was eight point five seven seven six minutes corresponding to a mean distance of ninety five and a fourth million miles yet this abolition of doubt was far from being so satisfactory as it seemed serenity on the point lasted exactly thirty years it was disturbed in eighteen fifty four by hansen's announcement that the observed motions of the moon could be drawn into accord with theory only on the terms of bringing the sun considerably nearer to us than he was supposed to be dr matthew stewart professor of mathematics in the university of edinburgh had made a futile attempt in seventeen sixty three to deduce the sun's distance from his disturbing power over our satellite tobias mayer of gottingen however whose short career was fruitful of suggestions struck out the right way to the same end and laplace in the seventh book of the mecanique celeste gave a solar parallax derived from the lunar parallactic inequality substantially identical with that issuing from enki's subsequent discussion of the eighteenth-century transits thus two wholly independent methods the trigonometrical or method by survey and the gravitational or method by perturbation seem to corroborate each the upshot of the use of the other until the nineteenth century was well past its meridian it is singular how often errors conspire to lead conviction astray 
hansen's note of alarm in eighteen fifty four was echoed by le verrier in eighteen fifty eight he found that an apparent monthly oscillation of the sun which reflects a real monthly movement of the earth round its common centre of gravity with the moon and which depends for its amount solely on the mass of the moon and the distance of the sun required a diminution in the admitted value of that distance by fully four million miles three years later he pointed out that certain perplexing discrepancies between the observed and computed places both of venus and mars would vanish on the adoption of a similar measure moreover a favourable opposition of mars gave the opportunity in eighteen sixty two for fresh observations which separately worked out by stone and Winecki, agreed with all the newer investigations in fixing the great unit at slightly over ninety one million miles in newcomb's hands they gave ninety two and a half million the accumulating evidence in favour of a large reduction in the sun's distance was just then reinforced by an auxiliary result of a totally different and unexpected kind the discovery that light does not travel instantaneously from point to point but takes some short time in transmission was made by olaus romer in sixteen seventy five through observing that the eclipses of jupiter's satellites invariably occurred later when the earth was on the far side than when it was on the near side of its orbit half the difference or the time spent by a luminous vibration in crossing the mean radius of the earth's orbit is called the light equation and the determination of its precise value has claimed the minute care distinctive of modern astronomy delambre in seventeen ninety two made it four hundred and ninety three seconds glaisnap a russian astronomer raised the estimate in eighteen seventy four to five hundred and one professor harkness adopts a safe medium value of four hundred and ninety eight seconds hence if we had any independent means of ascertaining how fast light travels we could tell at once how far off the sun is there is yet another way by which knowledge of the swiftness of light would lead us straight to the goal the heavenly bodies are perceived when carefully watched and measured to be pushed forward out of their true places in the direction of the earth's motion by a very minute quantity this effect already adverted to has been known since bradley's time as aberration it arises from a combination of the two movements of the earth round the sun and of the light waves through the ether if the earth stood still or if light spent no time on the road from the stars such an effect would not exist its amount represents the proportion between the velocities with which the earth and the light rays pursue their respective journeys this proportion is roughly one to ten thousand so that here again if we knew the rate per second of luminous transmission we should also know the rate per second of the earth's movement consequently the size of its orbit and the distance of the sun but until lately instead of finding the distance of the sun from the velocity of light there has been no means of ascertaining the velocity of light except through the imperfect knowledge possessed as to the distance of the sun
the first successful terrestrial experiments on the point date from eighteen forty nine and it is certainly no slight triumph of human ingenuity to have taken rigorous account of the delay of a sunbeam in flashing from one mirror to another fizeau led the way and he was succeeded after a few months by leon foucault who in eighteen sixty two had so far perfected wheatstone's method of revolving mirrors as to be able to announce with authority that light travels slower and that the sun was in consequence nearer than had been supposed thus a third line of separate research was found to converge to the same point with the two others such a conspiracy of proof was not to be resisted and at the anniversary meeting of the royal astronomical society in february eighteen sixty four the correction of the solar distance took the foremost place in the annals of the year lest however a sudden bound of four million miles nearer to the centre of our system should shake public faith in astronomical accuracy it was explained that the change in the solar parallax corresponding to that huge leap amounted to no more than the breadth of a human hair one hundred and twenty five feet from the eye the nautical almanac gave from eighteen seventy the altered value of eight point nine five minutes for which newcomb's result of eight point eight five minutes adopted in eighteen sixty nine in the berlin ephemeris was substituted some ten years later in astronomical literature the change was initiated by sir edmund beckett in the first edition eighteen sixty five of his astronomy without mathematics if any doubt remained as to the misleading character of enki's deductions so long implicitly trusted in it was removed by powalke's and stone's rediscussions in eighteen sixty four and eighteen sixty eight respectively of the transit observations of seventeen sixty nine using improved determinations of the longitude of the various stations and a selective judgment in dealing with their materials which however indispensable did not escape adverse criticism they brought out results confirmatory of the no longer disputed necessity for largely increasing the solar parallax and proportionately diminishing the solar distance once more in eighteen ninety and this time with better success the eighteenth-century transits were investigated by professor newcomb turning to account the experience gained in the interim regarding the optical phenomena accompanying such events he elicited from the mass of somewhat discordant observations at his command a parallax eight point seven nine minutes in close agreement with the value given by sundry modes of recent research conclusions on the subject however were still regarded as purely provisional a transit of venus was fast approaching and to its arbitrament as to that of a court of final appeal the pending question was to be referred it is true that the verdict in the same case by the same tribunal a century earlier had proved of so indecisive a character as to form only a starting-point for fresh litigation 
but that century had not passed in vain and it was confidently anticipated that observational difficulties then equally unexpected and insuperable would yield to the elaborate care and skill of forewarned modern preparation the conditions of the transit of december eight eighteen seventy four were sketched out by sir george airy then astronomer royal in eighteen fifty seven and formed the subject of eager discussion in this and other countries down to the very eve of the occurrence in these mr proctor took a leading part and it was due to his urgent representations that provision was made for the employment of the method identified with the name of halley which had been too hastily assumed inapplicable to the first of each transit pair it depends upon the difference in the length of time taken by the planet to cross the sun's disk as seen from various points of the terrestrial surface and requires accordingly the visibility of both entrance and exit at the same station since these were in eighteen seventy four separated by about three and a half hours and the interval may be much longer the choice of posts for the successful use of the method of durations is a matter of some difficulty the system described by delisle in seventeen sixty on the other hand involves merely noting the instant of ingress or egress according to situation from opposite extremities of a terrestrial diameter the disparity in time giving a measure of the planet's apparent displacement hence of its actual rate of travel in miles per minute from which its distances severally from earth and sun are immediately deducible its chief attendant difficulty is the necessity for accurately fixing the longitudes of the points of observation but this was much more sensibly felt a century ago than it is now the improved facility and certainty of modern determinations tending to give the delilian plan a decided superiority over its rival these two traditional methods were supplemented in eighteen seventy four by the camera and the heliometer from photography above all much was expected observations made by its means would have the advantages of impartiality multitude and permanence peculiarities of vision and bias of judgment would be eliminated the slow progress of the phenomenon would permit an indefinite number of pictures to be taken their epochs fixed to a fraction of a second while subsequent leisurely comparison and measurement could hardly fail it was thought to educe approximate truth from the mass of accumulated evidence the use of the heliometer much relied on by german observers was so far similar to that of the camera that the object aimed at by both was the determination of the relative positions of the centres of the sun and venus viewed at the same absolute instant from opposite sides of the globe so that the principle of the two older methods was to ascertain the exact times of meeting between the solar and planetary limbs that of the two modern to determine the position of the dark body already thrown into complete relief by its shining background the former are methods by contact the latter methods by projection 
every country which had a reputation to keep or to gain for scientific zeal was forward to cooperate in the great cosmopolitan enterprise of the transit france and germany each sent out six expeditions twenty-six stations were in russian twelve in english eight in american three in italian one in dutch occupation in all at a cost of nearly a quarter of a million some fourscore distinct posts of observation were provided among them such inhospitable and all but inaccessible rocks in the bleak southern ocean as st paul's and campbell's islands swept by hurricanes and fitted only for the habitation of sea-birds where the daring votaries of science in the wise prevision of a long leaguer by the elements were supplied with stores for many months or even a whole year siberia and the sandwich islands were thickly beset with observers parties of three nationalities encamped within the mists of kerguelen island expressly termed the land of desolation in the sanguine though not wholly frustrated hope of a glimpse of the sun at the right moment m jansen narrowly escaped destruction from a typhoon in the china seas on his way to nagasaki lord lindsay now earl of crawford and balcares equipped at his private expense an expedition to mauritius which was in itself an epitome of modern resource and ingenuity during several years the practical methods best suited to ensure success for the impending enterprise formed a subject of european debate official commissions were appointed to receive and decide upon evidence and experiments were in progress for the purpose of defining the actual circumstances of contacts the precise determination of which constituted the only tried though by no means an assuredly safe road to the end in view in england america france and germany artificial transits were mounted and the members of the various expeditions were carefully trained to unanimity in estimating the phases of junction and separation between a moving dark circular body and a broad illuminated disk in the previous century a formidable and prevalent phenomenon which acquired notoriety as the black drop or black ligament had swamped all pretensions to rigid accuracy it may be described as substituting adhesion for contact the limbs of the sun and planet instead of meeting and parting with the desirable clean definiteness clinging together as if made of some glutinous material and prolonging their connection by means of a dark band or dark threads stretched between them some astronomers ascribed this baffling appearance entirely to instrumental imperfections others to atmospheric agitation others again to the optical encroachment of light upon darkness known as irradiation it is probable that all these causes conspired in various measure to produce it and it is certain that its conspicuous appearance may by suitable precautions be obviated the organization of the british forces reflected the utmost credit on the energy and ability of lieutenant-colonel tupman who was responsible for the whole 
no useful measure was neglected each observer went out ticketed with his personal equation his senses drilled into a species of martial discipline his powers absorbed so far as possible in the action of a cosmopolitan observing machine instrumental uniformity and uniformity of method were obtainable and were attained but diversity of judgment unhappily survived the best directed efforts for its extirpation the eventful day had no sooner passed than telegrams began to pour in announcing an outcome of considerable though not unqualified success the weather had proved generally favourable the manifold arrangements had worked well contacts had been plentifully observed photographs in lavish abundance had been secured a store of materials in short had been laid up of which it would take years to work out the full results by calculation gradually nevertheless it came to be known that the hope of a definitive issue must be abandoned unanimity was found to be as remote as ever the dreaded black ligament gave indeed less trouble than was expected but another appearance supervened which took most observers by surprise this was the illumination due to the atmosphere of venus astronomers it is true were not ignorant that the planet had on previous occasions been seen girdled with a lucid ring but its power to mar observations by the distorting effect of refraction had scarcely been reckoned with it proved however to be very great such was the difficulty of determining the critical instant of internal contact that in colonel tupman's words observers side by side with adequate optical means differed as much as twenty or thirty seconds in the times they recorded for phenomena which they have described in almost identical language such uncertainties in the data admitted of a corresponding variety in the results from the british observations of ingress and egress sir george airy derived in eighteen seventy seven a solar parallax of eight point seven six minutes corrected to eight point seven five four minutes indicating a mean distance of ninety three million three hundred and seventy five thousand miles mr stone obtained a value of ninety two millions parallax eight point eight eight minutes and held any parallax less than eight point eight four minutes or more than eight point nine three minutes to be absolutely negatived by the documents available yet from the same colonel tupman deduced eight point eight one minutes implying a distance seven hundred thousand miles greater than stone had obtained the best french observations of contacts gave a parallax of about eight point eight eight minutes french micrometric measures the obviously exaggerated one of nine point zero five minutes photography as practised by most of the european parties was a total failure utterly discrepant values of the microscopic displacements designed to serve as sounding lines for the solar system issued from attempts to measure even the most promising pictures you might as well try to measure the zodiacal light it was remarked to sir george airy 
those taken on the american plan of using telescopes of so great focal length as to afford without further enlargement an image of the requisite size gave notably better results from an elaborate comparison of those dating from vladivostok nagasaki and peking with others from Kuguelen and chatham islands professor d p todd of amherst college deduced a solar distance of about ninety two million miles parallax eight point eight eight three minutes plus or minus zero point zero three four minutes and the value was much favoured by concurrent evidence on the whole estimates of the great spatial unit cannot be said to have gained any security from the combined effort of eighteen seventy four a few months before the transit mr proctor considered that the uncertainty then amounted to one million four hundred and forty eight thousand miles five years after the transit professor harkness judged it to be still one million five hundred and seventy five thousand nine hundred and fifty miles yet it had been hoped that it would have been brought down to one hundred thousand as regards the end for which it had been undertaken the grand campaign had come to nothing nevertheless no sign of discouragement was apparent there was a change of view but no relaxation of purpose the problem it was seen could be solved by no single heroic effort but by the patient approximation of gradual improvements astronomers accordingly looked round for fresh means or more refined expedients for applying those already known a new phase of exertion was entered upon on september five eighteen seventy seven mars came into opposition near the part of his orbit which lies nearest to that of the earth and dr gill now sir david took advantage of the circumstance to appeal once more to him for a decision on the quaestio vexata of the sun's distance he chose as the scene of his labours the island of ascension and for their plan a method recommended by airy in eighteen fifty seven but never before fairly tried this is known as the diurnal method of parallaxes its principle consists in substituting successive morning and evening observations from the same spot for simultaneous observations from remote spots the rotation of the earth supplying the necessary difference in the points of view its great advantage is that of unity in performance a single mind looking through the same pair of eyes reinforced with the same optical appliances is employed throughout and the errors inseparable from the combination of data collected under different conditions are avoided there are many cases in which one man can do the work of two better than two men can do the work of one the result of gill's skilful determinations made with lord lindsay's heliometer was a solar parallax of eight point seven eight minutes corresponding to a distance of ninety three million eighty thousand miles the bestowal of the royal astronomical society's gold medal stamped the merit of this distinguished service but there are other subjects for this kind of inquiry besides mars and venus professor gall of breslau suggested in eighteen seventy two that some of the minor planets might be got 
to repay astronomers for much disinterested toil spent in unravelling their motions by lending aid to their efforts towards a correct celestial survey ten or twelve come near enough and are bright enough for the purpose in fact the absence of sensible magnitude is one of their chief recommendations since a point of light offers far greater facilities for exact measurement than a disc the first attempt to work this new vein was made at the opposition of phocea in eighteen seventy two and from observations of flora in the following year at twelve observatories in the northern and southern hemispheres gall deduced a solar parallax of eight point eight seven minutes at mauritius in eighteen seventy four lord lindsay and sir david gill applied the diurnal method to juno then conveniently situated for the purpose and the continued use of similar occasions affords an unexceptionable means for improving knowledge of the sun's distance they frequently recur they need no elaborate preparation a single astronomer armed with a heliometer can do all the requisite work dr gill however organized a more complex plan of operations upon iris in eighteen eighty eight and upon victoria and sappho in eighteen eighty nine a novel method was adopted its object was to secure simultaneous observations made from opposite sides of the globe just when the planet lay in the plane passing through the centre of the earth and the two observers the same pair of reference stars being used on each occasion the displacements caused by parallax were thus in a sense doubled since the star to which the planet seemed approximated in the northern hemisphere showed as if slightly removed from it in the southern and vice versa as the planet pursued its course fresh star couples came into play during the weeks that the favourable period lasted in these determinations only heliometers were employed dr elkin of yale college cooperated throughout and the heliometers of dresden guttingen bamberg and leipzig shared in the work while dr Auers of berlin was sir david gill's personal coadjutor at the cape voluminous data were collected meridian observations of the stars of reference for victoria occupied twenty-one establishments during four months the direct work of triangulation kept four heliometers in almost exclusive use for the best part of a year and the ensuing toilsome computations carried out during three years at the cape observatory filled two bulky tomes with their details gill's final result published in eighteen ninety seven was a parallax of eight point eight zero two minutes equivalent to a solar distance of ninety two million eight hundred and seventy four thousand and it was qualified by a probable error so small that the value might well have been accepted as definitive but for an unlooked-for discovery the minor planet eros detected august fourteenth eighteen ninety eight was found to pursue a course rendering it an almost ideal intermediary in solar parallax determinations once in thirty years it comes within fifteen million miles of the earth and although the next of these choice epochs must be awaited for some decades an opposition too favourable to be neglected occurred in nineteen hundred 
at an international conference accordingly held at paris in july of that year a plan of photographic operations was concerted between the representatives of no less than fifty-eight observatories its primary object was to secure a large stock of negatives showing the planet with the comparison stars along the route traversed by it from october nineteen hundred to march nineteen o one and this at least was successfully attained their measurement will in due time educe the apparent displacements of the moving object as viewed simultaneously from remote parts of the earth and the upshot should be a solar parallax adequate in accuracy to the exigent demands of the twentieth century the second of the nineteenth-century pair of venus transits was looked forward to with much abated enthusiasm russia refused her active cooperation in observing it on the ground that oppositions of the minor planets were trigonometrically more useful and financially far less costly and her example was followed by austria while italian astronomers limited their sphere of action to their own peninsula nevertheless it was generally held that a phenomenon which the world could not again witness until it was four generations older should at the price of any effort not be allowed to pass in neglect the persuasion of its importance justified the summoning of an international conference at paris in eighteen eighty one from which however america preferring independent action held aloof it was decided to give delisle's method another trial and the ambiguities attending and marring its use were sought to be obviated by careful regulations for ensuring agreement in the estimation of the critical moments of ingress and egress but in fact as m puiseux had shown contacts between the limbs of the sun and planets so far from possessing the geometrical simplicity attributed to them are really made up of a prolonged succession of various and varying phases impossible either to predict or identify with anything like rigid exactitude sir robert ball compared the task of determining the precise instant of their meeting or parting to that of telling the hour with accuracy on a watch without a minute hand and the comparison is admittedly inadequate for not only is the apparent movement of venus across the sun extremely slow being but the excess of her real motion over that of the earth but three distinct atmospheres the solar terrestrial and cytherean combine to deform outlines and mask the geometrical relations which it is desired to connect with a strict count of time the result was very much what had been expected the arrangements were excellent and were only in a few cases disconcerted by bad weather the british parties under the experienced guidance of mr stone the late radcliffe observer took up positions scattered over the globe from queensland to bermuda the americans collected a whole library of photographs the germans and belgians trusted to the heliometer the french used the camera as an adjunct to the method of contacts yet little or no approach was made to solving the problem 
thus from six hundred and six measures of venus on the sun taken with a new kind of heliometer at santiago in chile m houzeau of the brussels observatory derived a solar parallax of eight point nine zero seven minutes and a distance of ninety one million seven hundred and twenty seven thousand miles but the probable errors of this determination amounted to zero point zero eight four minutes either way it was subject to a more or less of nine hundred thousand or to a total uncertainty of one million eight hundred thousand miles the probable error of the english result published in eighteen eighty seven was less formidable yet the details of the discussion showed that no great confidence could be placed in it the sun's distance came out ninety two million five hundred and sixty thousand miles while ninety two million three hundred and sixty thousand was given by professor harkness's investigation of one thousand four hundred and seventy five american photographs finally dr Auers deduced from the german heliometric measures the unsatisfactorily small value of ninety two million miles the transit of eighteen eighty two had not then brought about the desired unanimity the state and progress of knowledge on this important topic were summed up by fay and harkness in eighteen eighty one the methods employed in its investigation fall as we have seen into three separate classes the trigonometrical the gravitational and the phototachometrical an ungainly adjective used to describe the method by the velocity of light each has its special difficulties and sources of error each has counterbalancing advantages the only trustworthy result from celestial surveys was at that time furnished by gill's observations of mars in eighteen seventy seven but the method by lunar and planetary disturbances is unlike all the others in having time on its side it is this which leverrier declared with emphasis must inevitably prevail because its accuracy is continually growing the scarcely perceptible errors which still impede its application are of such a nature as to accumulate year by year eventually then they will challenge and must receive a more and more perfect correction the light velocity method however claimed and for some years justified m fay's preference by a beautiful series of experiments on foucault's principle michelson fixed in eighteen seventy nine the rate of luminous transmission at two hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and thirty corrected later to two hundred and ninety nine thousand nine hundred and ten kilometers a second this determination was held by professor todd to be entitled to four times as much confidence as any previous one and if the solar parallax of eight point seven five eight minutes deduced from it by professor harkness errs somewhat by defect it is doubtless because glasenapp's light equation with which it was combined errs slightly by excess but all earlier efforts of the kind were thrown into the shade by professor newcomb's arduous operations at washington in eighteen eighty to eighteen eighty two the scale upon which they were conducted was in itself impressive foucault's entire apparatus in eighteen sixty two had been enclosed in a single room newcomb's revolving and fixed mirrors between which the rays of light were to run their timed course were set up on 
opposite shores of the potomac at a distance of nearly four kilometres this advantage was turned to the utmost account by ingenuity and skill in contrivance and execution and the deduced velocity of two hundred and ninety nine thousand eight hundred and sixty kilometres equals one hundred eighty six thousand three hundred twenty eight miles a second had an estimated error thirty kilometers only one-tenth that ascribed by cornu to his own result in eighteen seventy four just as these experiments were concluded in eighteen eighty two monsieur magnus neron of st petersburg published an elaborate investigation of the small annular displacements of the stars due to the successive transmission of light involving an increase of struve's constant of aberration from twenty point four four five minutes to twenty point four nine two minutes and from the new value combined with newcomb's light velocity was derived a valuable approximation to the sun's distance concluded at ninety two million nine hundred and five thousand twenty one miles parallax equals eight point seven nine four minutes yet it is not quite certain that neuron's correction was an improvement a differential method of determining the amount of aberration struck out by m lowry of paris avoids most of the objections to the absolute method previously in vogue and the upshot of its application in eighteen ninety one was to show that struve's constant might better be retained than altered lowry's of twenty point four four seven minutes varying from it only to an insignificant extent professor hall had moreover deduced nearly the same value twenty point four five four minutes from the washington observations since eighteen sixty two of alpha lyri vega whence in conjunction with newcomb's rate of light transmission he arrived at a solar parallax of eight point eight one minutes inverting the process sir david gill in eighteen ninety seven derived the constant from the parallax if the earth's orbit have a mean radius as found by him of ninety two million eight hundred and seventy four thousand miles then he calculated the aberration of light newcomb's measures of its velocity being supposed exact amounts to twenty point four six seven minutes this figure can need very slight correction professor harkness surveyed in eighteen ninety one from an eclectic point of view the general situation as regarded the sun's parallax convinced that no single method deserved an exclusive preference he reached a plausible result through the combination on the principle of least squares that is by the mathematical rules of probability of all the various quantities upon which the great datum depends it thus summed up and harmonized the whole of the multifarious evidence bearing upon the point and as modified in eighteen ninety four falls very satisfactorily into line with the cape determination we may then at least provisionally accept ninety two million eight hundred and seventy thousand miles as the length of our measuring rod for space nor do we hazard much in fixing one hundred thousand miles as the outside limit of its future correction End of chapter six